Pour yourself a sweet tea, pull up a lawn chair, and turn the page with us. You're listening to Right On Mississippi, a podcast taking you inside the minds of America's most treasured wordsmiths. Hosted by Ebony Lumumba and brought to you by the Mississippi Book Festival, the South's Literary Lawn Party. Chapter 7, Marshall Ramsey. Marshall Ramsey, an editorial cartoonist, is a two-time Pulitzer finalist in the years 2002 and 2006. In addition to the cartoons that he produces, which are featured in the New York Times, USA Today, and the Clarion Ledger, he's the author of several successful cartoon collections such as Fried Chicken and Wine and Chainsaws and Casseroles. He also has a delightful children's book titled Banjo's Dream. In addition to his writing and drawing, he's also the host of a weekly statewide radio program called Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey and the television program Conversations on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Ramsey is the husband to Amy and father to three sons, as well as a precocious dog named Pip. And he lives right here in his home, Mississippi, which he says is the best state for politics, storytellers, and sweet tea. As usual, this is Ebony Lamumba, but so unusual, I'm sitting across from your living legend, Marshall Ramsey. Marshall Ramsey, I feel like there should be in-studio applause. Yeah, I mean, yeah. St- what well, the studio audience is just stunned that I'm here. <laughs> they are just, they're like, dude, we didn't think you're a real person. Shock. They're in shock. Living legend. They Good thought Lord. you were a cartoon. So I'm going to go home and try that living legend thing on with, my wife and see wife? what happens. Yeah, she's going to look at me and laugh. Well, you just let us know which hotel you're staying in yeah. <laughs> after that. <laughs> It'd be the Cal- Hotel California. I can exactly. check out the time I like, but I can't leave. Oh, the yeah. eagle. Yeah. Well, listen, thanks mm-hmm. for chatting with me, Oh my gosh, well, this is an honor. Well, it's an honor to actually like put a face with the name and the drawings. I look like my drawings. Well, you, know, well, you look like a human. Yeah, short being. legs, short legs, big head, <laughs> big nose. That's me. It's a cartoon. Yes. It's in mm-hmm. studio cartoon. But it's it's such a joy to actually see sort of the the genius behind what some of the things that you've been producing for so many years. Twenty two here. My goodness, I That's, know it. That I mean, that I was, is more than average. I was young when I got here. You're a child bride. I know. <laughs> I was yeah, I was prodigy. That's it. Prodigy, oh, yeah. exactly. It, yeah, twenty eight, twenty eight year old prodigy. Twenty eight year old <laughs> in dog years. I yes, guess, something like that. That's what we're doing. So listen, right on Mississippi, we're typically talking to folks who are writing and illustrating. Yes, I uh, do those things. You do both of those things very well, but. In Mississippi, outside of Mississippi, about Mississippi, I mean, we run the full gamut. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of accomp- you accomplish a great deal of that. You encom- encompass a great deal of that with your illustrations and um, your writing. You do talk show work mm-hmm. and uh, radio and television. I mean, you're a quadruple threat. Yes. I, I right? discovered a long time ago, if you Put have a lot resume. of paychecks, well, you have a lot of paychecks and you lose one of them, <laughs> then you're not going to panic. <laughs> exactly. That's a that's a nice philosophy to have. Yes. I need more paychecks. Well, I have three boys that eat like locusts with thyroid oh my problems. Goodness. Yeah. Well, I had a brother. Uh, well, I have a brother. I'm about to say, he does he know this? <laughs> okay. Just check. We still claim him. Okay. But he had his own set of groceries. He's dead to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he drank all the milk. He got his own gallon. So listen, I want to talk about your drawings. But he maybe- got his own gallon. He got his own gallon of milk. I, I am still I'm gonna protesting. Write, I'm going to steal that one. I like that. He like, got his own gallon. Give me a footnote or okay. something. Oh, of course. So you, your drawings, I mean, you talk about them, I'm sure, a great deal. You've published them. They get great notoriety. I mean, New York Times, USA Today. And I wonder if they always end up the way that you start out 
or do they are do they do they have life uh, of their own? Yeah, sometimes they get lives of their own, and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. I mean, really? If, well, if you think about it, if you um, do a cartoon, maybe you're not on your A game that day, mm-hmm. and there's something in that idea that maybe you didn't see, and then suddenly somebody pulls it out, and suddenly you start getting hit over the head over something it's like you did, a magic eye you didn't really intend uh-huh. to do. So. Um, not that my stuff's really that complicated, but I mean, you tend to, I, I really do tend to kind of fret and make sure. Now, that said, um, I've had a couple of cartoons in the last year that have gone super, 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 super viral. Yeah. Obituary cartoons. I, well, I saw the, the, the Bush ones. Bush, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had one of George Barbara Herbert. and then one George. So mm-hmm. I bookends. The thing that was so amazing about those, and you're talking about a different life, of mm-hmm. course, obviously, the Bush family was happy. Yay. Politics aside, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, it was, I was glad that they liked the cartoon. That said, mm-hmm. I started getting phone calls and letters from parents who'd lost children. Wow. And they said that the cartoon gave them hope. Oh. So in that respect, the cartoon really did take on a life of its own. The Barbara Bush one did particularly. And even yeah. this one has – the George Bush one has too. And and it's not even that they tell me that it gives them hope. They tell me their story. They share their story with How me. Remarkable. Have a 300. There's Matthew, for instance. Matthew lives in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. His um, daughter was Sandy, and she died two and a half months ago. And wow. six years old, gorgeous little girl. He sent me a picture. Wow. And so he and I have been talking all week uh, about it, you know. And, I mean, I would have never met him. Yeah. I love this guy. He's great. But, I mean, he's sitting there trying to plow through an unbelievable loss, unbelievable grief. And if my cartoon for two seconds gave this man a little bit of happiness. But it was nice because I was able to retweet him. And then a lot of people were reaching out to him saying how much they loved him. Which, you know, Twitter can be evil 99.9% of the time. But that said – there are good people out there, and they did reach out to him. And so uh, as an artist, you, you hope that something you do turns out good. My gosh. I mean, that I'm sure it's therapeutic for Matthew and other folks who yeah. are engaging this and don't know really how to broach that subject of grief right. or, or you know, kind of healing. Right. And so then to see this cartoon and think, wait, I've never – to get an image, sometimes we need to see things. It is. It, it does help. And I tell you, um, both my folks died probably in the last couple of years I'm and sorry, just really rough diseases for both of them. And yeah. it was just difficult. And I found myself, you know, oh, I can't get out of bed kind of thing. It mm-hmm. just – grief, you don't understand how toxic it is and how much it will knock you down. My God, yes. So it's it, – you know, like I said, if I can help somebody else – and that's what I told him. You know, he's like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And I said, well, I, I don't have any clue what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I not to be mean, I pray I never do because nobody wants to lose a child. I said, but I did have cancer. And I do know yeah. I had anxiety from that. Yeah. And I do know it scared the daylights out of me. And the only way I was able to get through it was to be able to help other people who had had cancer too. And then, like you know, I, and so I said, you're going to do that. That that precious little girl's energy is going to live with you for the rest of your life. Mm. And you're going to find people that have gone through what you are and you're going to lift them up and that's going to heal you. Wow. So, okay. I mean, moving from. Like, I'm not Dr. Phil, I promise. But I just figured. I just. Well, figured I like I, you better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have hair. You, you would not like me with Dr. Phil's hair. It's really the, bad. And the draw, you know, is much more. Uh, well, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not selling stuff either, you know. Here, have some vitamins. My wife on here selling vitamins. <laughs> That's like crazy. Well, you could sell vitamins. I, I could. Mean, yeah. As Little. long as they have drawings on them. Well, yeah, exactly. It could be like Fred Flintstone. Oh, wait, that's already been done. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Idea take. Idea taken. Well, let me see. Yeah. So the your the Bush cartoons, mm-hmm. obviously, they went super viral and folks related to them. And I, I, I personally think that you were able to capture humanity that is often lost in public figures yeah. like that. You know, folks want to talk about 
policies and that sort of thing. All of that is important because it affected other folks' lives. But there is also a moment right. to acknowledge these very human um, individuals. So, you know, I laud you for doing that. Those were obviously a great idea. What have you? What drawings would you have wanted to pull back? Oh my gosh! Um, I always joke and say, "Well, that would mean that I have a conscience." <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know. There are some cartoons, you know, because you're doing three hundred something a year. So, I mean, mm-hmm. even baseball players, you know, you get in the Hall of Fame hitting three fifty. So, you know, you don't expect to hit a home run every time you step up. Right. There are days when you don't feel good, or maybe there's just something out there. I I don't know if there's there were some that I did early on when I moved here. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe because I just moved here, uh-huh. but I it, they were tone deaf. And, yeah, and I, I think, you know, Mississippi that. is a very fascinating place in the respect that, um, you know, either I grew up in Atlanta, so it's not like I'm, you yeah. know, or, although one lady did, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Uh, <laughs> she said, I, I said, well, I want to thank you guys for having me here because, of course, I just moved from San Diego and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she looked at me and she said, you ain't from around here, are you boy? <laughs> And I said, no, ma'am, I'm from Atlanta. And she said, just as I thought, you're a Yankee. You, wait. And I'm just thinking, well, I mean, you know, I mean, it is you're, Atlanta, but I was just like, okay. But I'm it's like, a little more north. We're, I mean, Mississippi's a little. Sherman also burned it. That's, see, I always use That's that the card. Criteria. I play that card. Sherman burned my town down, too. So, um, <laughs> which, you know, obviously, whatever. Um, right. If he does it again, I hope it's during rush hour in Atlanta. Well, I, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't want him to burn. I don't, I don't want to burn will. Jackson down though, because Chimneyville that wasn't a good look. I don't know that we have that many chimneys anymore. I mean, I think we lose. Yeah, the, I think we lose the name. That's true. Hmm. I think somebody's already probably trademarked it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So we couldn't do that. Selling some barbecue. Okay. So listen, we can talk about you being from a different space, but you're here now. You're I in am. Mississippi, and I mean, I'm sure there's enough fodder in our state from week oh my to God, week. Yes. For you to produce several cartoons, but you know why does why does Mississippi matter Missis- in the work that you do? Uh, you know, the, I was talking with, with Jeff Perlman. He's a he's mm-hmm. an author, uh, sports writer. And, you know, talking about Mississippi, and it's always fun talking to people from outside of here that don't really get it. Yeah, um, fun. You mean ironically? Yes. Okay. No, I know it's <laughs> no, it's fun too. I mean, I I like talking about Mississippi when I go out and do my speaking yeah, and I stuff do like too. that because. Um, you know, because people have obviously their – sometimes maybe they're right. Maybe they need to be educated a little bit on mm-hmm. their preconceptions about what's going on here because I'll be honest with you, I didn't want to move here when I got the job offer, yeah. you know, at first. But um, uh, for me, two books sealed. Number one, I read a book on the history of Mississippi. Then I read a biography of Meg Grevers. Wow. And when I read that, I was like, if that man yeah. going to have that much courage yes. and that much passion for his home, I can go draw cartoons there. Beautiful. So that was that. And getting to meet the family later on, you're right. just like, okay, that that was I mean, icing on Merle the cake. I mean, still is just... There is no in-between here. There is no middle ground in Mississippi. There are... I mean, it's it's very poor. It's very rich. It's yeah. very, very overweight. It's very athletic. Um, you have illiteracy. You have the greatest writers ever. Mm-hmm. There's no in-between. And wow. that that battleground bumping up against it, and, and sometimes the stuff that, that we don't like talking about, the dark stuff, the evil stuff... Mm-hmm. That is the grit in the oyster that makes the pearl. That makes the pearl. That's why we got the. That's why we got the blues. Yeah. That's why somebody like Jasmine Ward can can do what she does. Right. That's why Angie Thomas can sit yeah. there and write what she does because that pain. I mean, write something really beautiful. Right, get Jasmine to tell you about her experience during Katrina. Yeah, I mean, they were trapped down the middle. Yeah, they're yeah. about to drown. Yeah. And, and the people are thinking they're stealing their and equipment. And people didn't want to take right. her family in. Right. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you're going to take on the devil, what's a better place to do it? Right at the crossroads. Yeah. You know, and it's good. And I, for me, 
Uh, I had a chance to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I ain't dissing on Tulsa. It's a mm-hmm. nice town. Uh, some nice stuff going on there. But, you know, the thing was, I'm like, I, I wasn't excited about the stories there. Hmm. This is a great place to be if you're a storyteller. This is a great place to be if you're a storyteller. Because we have stories. I mean, do we have stories? I mean, we a lot of Mississippi's of capital is locked up in the narratives right. of this space. John Grisham just changes the names. <laughs> you know, I mean. It gives them very legal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> implications there. But I mean, that's a that's a a wonderful concept to kind of build on this idea that Mississippi's artists have a role in writing the state. Right. Writing the state in both senses, right? Right. Writing W-R-I-T and writing R-I, right. you know, G-H-T. So as an illustrator. Yes. And so you illustrate much more than you write. But what's your role in ensuring folks see Mississippi, or truly see this space? Well, you know, it's so fascinating because you have some politicians that they'll rail on about my cartoons. Oh, you're just negative, blah, 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 blah. I always view the stuff I do about Mississippi kind of like the stuff I do about my sisters. You know, I mean, I mess, I mess with them. Um, my parents wouldn't let us sit together in church up until the time. Get in they, trouble. Because you know, we're in our 40s, you know, and they wouldn't let us do this. But, you know, if somebody from outside messes with you, you obviously exactly. you, you bow up. Yeah. You know, and this is my home, so, so I can talk about it. But if I didn't care about this place, do you think I could get up every morning and draw a cartoon? Do hmm. you think I would care? Why, hmm. why waste my time if I didn't care? So, so Mississippi definitely matters to us, like Mississippians, whether you're transplant or native. Right. Why does it matter to the rest of the nation? Because, well, I mean, birthplace of music, you mm-hmm. name what kind of genre. Um, I mean, the civil rights era, what went on there, mm-hmm. so much of it. I mean, obviously, I grew up in Atlanta. So much went on there, too, obviously. Yeah, in Alabama, you know, driving, gosh, driving down from 20, yeah. through Selma and all that. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. incredibly powerful experience. Even still. But, I mean, a lot of change happened here. Mm-hmm. I mean, history-wise, we matter. And, I mean, as state-wise, so much comes here. And, um, you know, you look even on the national stage. Of course, I'm not even on politicians' front. We yeah. produce famous politicians. We yep. produce – and I think one of it is one of the reasons why our politicians are successful. And I think about it – just throw Haley Barber out for a second. Mm-hmm. And I tell this to my son. Um, I don't give out too many details about my children because there are people that don't like me. So I don't want my children to have to yeah, face that understood. wrath. But that said, I told him in college, I said, there's two things I want you to learn. Number one is connections. Learn how to make connections. Mm-hmm. And, and that – is probably the most important thing I think he, that you get from Mississippi is mm. it because of the fact there's two degrees of separation. Yeah. It's if if that. No, yeah. If you know like somebody's mama, five. if you know somebody's mama, it's that. I got yeah. to interview Kevin Bacon, by the way. So You're kidding. I am like, I can kick it at that <laughs> You're game. You're done. <laughs> I am like, everybody invites me to their parties so they can play the six degrees of Kevin Bacon because I guess what? They're going to win. I'm, if I'm, a, I'm it. But you know, he's, they've got a song on their new album about Jackson. Who does? The Bacon Brothers. You're kidding. No. And it, you know what? It What's ins- the title of this song? Do I you can't, remember? I think it's Jackson, I think. I'll find it on my phone. i tell you that what inspired him, though. They walked out of the hotel down the street and saw the marker in front of the Greyhound station. Mm. And that's what starts with the song. Wow. So. I'm looking, I mean, iTunes immediately when we leave this place. That's fascinating. But see, I mean, but you people, see a lot of that happening. people are inspired about us. People I mean, are inspired by this space. Yeah. I mean, as someone who studies literature, there's so many poems, there's right. so many songs, and some are positive, some are not, but all impacted right. by what we are. But that's the thing, you know, and, I, and I've never been an only positive Mississippi guy spoken here. Sure. Um, 
And I'll tell you why. It's not that I don't love it. It's just because if you can't admit what you think are the problems, mm-hmm. you can't solve it. Well, if you think about it with that intimacy it's that you described. the 12-step thing, you know? You've got to admit you got a problem. You have, the first step is admitting you have a problem. And if we think about it with that sort of familial metaphor right. that you used, right, you know yeah. what's wrong. With right. your family. Yeah, it's like, man, there's something wrong with Uncle Ted there. we got to do something with him. I <laughs> and don't you know. stick He's around. He's naked at the table. That's really disgusting. <laughs> you keep an extra set of pants for him. You do. Because you care. You do kind of care. And kind of. You're kind of scared, too, at the same thing. I'm going to look up that song because I can do two things at once. Awesome. Uh, I, well, maybe. We'll another see. thing that you can do that I can't. No, I so, wouldn't go that far. Let's. I mean, you're, you're an artist. What other artistic capabilities do you possess? I paint. I love to paint. Nobody ever sees who, those. I was, who gets to see this? Nobody. I'm sure it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, does, is, I mean, I'll your post, ha- is I'll Amy post. hanging it up in the house? Or? No. We've got a couple <laughs> of my things hanging up. I mean, honestly, um, and it's nothing. I mean, Let's get it in a gallery. I guess. You know, I mean, I'm not that big of <laughs> so seeing my humble. own stuff. No, it's just it's just my stuff. Yeah. But uh, what is hanging on my wall are generally things done by friends or family because mm-hmm. that has meaning. Yeah. That's cool. I do. I have to admit, I've got two cartoons. I've got one that's signed by both Burt Case and Kirk Fordyce. Wow. Yeah, and I didn't get that, but somebody else did it Talk and gave about, it to me, which like, I think is really cool. And then the other was um, I was I was at work one day, and one of my cars cartoons had run in USA Today. Mm-hmm. And I got a call the next day, and it said, hi, mine's name's so-and-so. I'm Mr. Aaron's assistant. I went, what? Hank Aaron? Yes. Whoa. Okay. I'm 50. I'll be 51 in a couple of weeks. Um, I grew up in Atlanta. Day. So as you can imagine, guess, guess – yeah. I Hello. mean, I, I was there watching him, you know, me and knock, Chief Nakahoma yeah. watching him hit those home runs. And so she said, well, Mr. Aaron would like a cartoon because he saw it and he loved it. And he said, can you have the original? And I said, yeah, if I can send a copy and have him sign it and send it back. Right. So I've got I that. Can, I've got that one too. That so. is actually that very was, cool. That was kind of neat. Those are the perks of the profession. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, you, I'm sure you don't always have famous folks who want copies right. of your cartoons. Oh, uh, yeah. Have you ever been approached? And I mean, I'm I'm sure you have. But what story sticks out in your mind, like approached by someone who wasn't so pleased? <laughs> oh, oh um, I don't know. You know, I mean, I get a lot of I got a letter the other day, man. The guy called me a he called me a blankhead. I'm not going to say what the first part was, but you okay, can only we imagine. We can just imagine. You can only imagine. And I was like, dude, I hadn't been called that since eighth grade. That's <laughs> awesome. I just, I mean, you I just hope. brought it back. I really hope these people that send me this stuff don't think that it's offending me because it's making me laugh most of the time. You know, I've had politicians either mm-hmm. passive aggressively do stuff against me. Uh, they might tweet out something obnoxious. But mm-hmm. I, I've also had, you know, I mean, Kirk Fordyce was the king of if he didn't like something, he let you know right away. Really? Oh, yeah. He didn't stab you in the back. He, he got you right between the eyes. <laughs> Which, you know, head on. As, as I'm an old man, I kind of appreciate that. I'd rather somebody be honest with me and straight with me than send out, Don't a, make me send out a nasty tweet when they've seen me 12 times and could have brought it up. I'm like, dude, you got a problem. Talk to me. Twitter's a horrible place. It is lovely. Oh, gosh. It, it's one of the most vile. <laughs> oh, no, it's great. Because, you know, everybody's horrible. real. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, it's that shroud of anonymity, right? Well, like, it's the whole bot thing, too. You're just thinking, I always like, just like, I hope your children don't marry my children because I don't want my grandchildren to be anything <laughs> like you, you know. So. To be horrible people. Just terrible people. People. Like you. So do you ever get like my brother's a DJ? Yes. Do you get those requests? He hates them, right? Like, I need you to play this song. Oh, yeah. It's my jam. Play it before I leave. So do you get those requests once folks figure out your Marshall Ramsey? Oh, you should do this drawing or you should draw this. Yeah. And I'm really kind of weird about that because. Yeah. Do you do that? No, I never take ideas. And I'll yeah. tell you why. Because if somebody's going to yell at me, 
It's going to be my fault. <laughs> it's going to be. I'm your not going to get yelled at from somebody else's idea. For I'm your like, bright oh, idea. Yell at them, you know. So, <laughs> and I'm not that good of an artist just to be an illustrator. You know, for me, the idea is the, is the fun part. Mm. So the idea is the fun part. I mean, tell us more about that. What do you mean? Well, I mean, I always think in this. I think a good cartoon is seventy percent idea, thirty percent art. Hmm. I mean, if you're a terrible artist, you you can get away with it yeah. to a point if you have really good ideas. If, if you're a great artist and your ideas stick think, figures work, if the ideas yeah, kind of so, but. <laughs> But the point is, I mean, like I said, that's – so for me, you know, I've always been more and, – and that's probably what I'm good at is I can come up with the ideas and I can come up with them quickly. Not always great, but I can do it. You know, the second the second tower falls on 9-11, I yeah. got the cartoon, you know, yeah. and I've always been able to do stuff like that. And and those well, those cartoons, I still look back and go, how did I do that? How yeah. did you do that? I mean, I'm thinking, does it ever feel like the illustration or th- this art form isn't enough for what you want to convey? Mm, no, I think I can do okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, look, I got to, I mean, okay, this is going to sound hokey, and I got to be really careful about this because, <laughs> because I am a pray in the closet kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, you know, I had my faith and it's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody has cancer, but somebody yeah, said, absolutely. I was in the airport and this guy sat down and he said, do you know Jesus? I said, and this was right after my surgery. Nice. I went, yeah, I talk to him all the time. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I'm talking to him <laughs> I'm talking now. to him right this second, yeah. actually. Thank you very much. Um, sometimes I'm, you know, I, I did a TED Talk. I kind of explained that we live in this world, mm-hmm. right? Well, in a world, you know, it's not to sound like the guy doing the trailers, but we live in a world <laughs> where there's like our, our cell phone, our mm-hmm. little bottle of water, our microphone, you and I. Yeah. And then there's like this little barrier around it. And then there's stuff out there you can yeah. grab and pull back in. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I can do that. And when I can, that's usually when those cartoons are really, 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 really good. Mm. And so it's funny. I was I, I, Every once in a while I read the comments. Don't read the comments. I was about to say, don't, don't read, read the, the comments, comments, man. This dude said, you know, I, that I haven't had a good cartoon since um, Kirk Fordyce took Dick Maupas, or to the woodshed. Well, number one, <laughs> I didn't draw that cartoon. So guess what? I've, I've never, had, I've never a had a good cartoon. Let you like, tell it. Oh, damn. Okay. So. Never read the comments. Yeah, I'm but, just learning that. But no, I've had, yeah, it's, yeah. I have faith in humanity until I read the comments. Mm-hmm. So. But it's it's okay. There's people out there. That's their way of ending. Bless their heart. That's true. Yeah. My whatever. grandmother gave me that one. Bless your heart. But, well, that's a Mississippi thing, too. It is. Isn't it so lovely? So <laughs> it's, it's such a lovely ironic thing. It really is. Mm, yeah. Bless your heart. What's the most What's the most difficult image? I mean, you talked about the 9-11 uh, images that you produced. Mm. Katrina. Yeah. I mean, 9-11 is terrible, but Katrina was here. Yeah, it was home. It was our people, yeah. you know, and that's tough. It, it you, was home. Because, number one, you can't be glib. Right. Because you know, you've had people lost everything. But you got to do stuff that kind of comforts them a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think the tone was right. That was a, that was the second time I was a Pulitzer finalist. One of the judges said I'd have won mm-hmm. if I'd have been where the hurricane hit. Which technically Wait, I wasn't you on the, were, I wasn't in the Gulf Coast. I was here. But, but you I'm, were in Mississippi. I was in Mississippi. Where but, the eye of the storm. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting of what people know and don't know. No, I know. About Mississippi. Okay, Emerson College, Mm -hmm. Boston, fantastic college. Mm -hmm. I'm out there speaking. I'm on a panel with Dottie Lynch um, from CBS News. She's Mm -hmm. since passed, and Donna Brazil. Oh, wow. uh, About six months after the hurricane. So I'm sitting there, and Donna's doing just a jam-up job telling New Orleans story. And I tell Mississippi story, and one of the kids in the back raised their hands and said, so you mean the hurricane hit Mississippi? Yeah. I said, you're paying 50 grand for your (laughs) education, and you didn't know that one? Well, you know, it's interesting in the, these narratives that are composed about our state. And it, it, still, it's not heroic to save or to pity Mississippi. Right. And so 
the eye of the storm hit here. You know, New Orleans had some infrastructure issues that, you know, emphasized the, yeah. the damage. And but most me- people don't know. That. I mean, I'm teaching a Mississippi literature and culture class on right. Tougaloo College's campus now. And we read about the effect of Katrina right. on Mississippi. And these are students who are from the state. At least half of them are. Yeah. And some of them are from other places yeah, like Chicago and th- California. They've never heard right. that th- Katrina affected. Right. Mississippi in the way that it did. I mean, my kids can barely remember it. And they're, you know, 18, 16. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. for them, it's, yeah. all, it's really they ancient history. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. I know. Well, I mean, think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what happens is that we forget about it and then it hits again. I, You know, I've never gotten into the New Orleans versus Mississippi. Thing. Yeah. And, Be- it's and I'll tell you why, because I mean, obviously the folks in New Orleans, when, Catastrophic for when them. grandma's dead in the, in the civic, oh, 100%. civic center, you're just kind of like, okay, that should have never happened. Horrific. That was human. That was a human disaster. Exactly. Um, and you're yeah. right. You know, when you develop a channel called the Mr. Go channel and all suddenly the storm surge comes up, and knocks all your flood walls down, yeah. you know? Yeah. So um, it was our own hubris that got, uh, got us in New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, but the Gulf coast, obviously, you know, when you got stuff At 40, God, 40 yeah. feet up in the air, I mean, when are you walking to Waveland and there's stuff up in the trees? And I, you know, I was cleaning off a guy's lot, and which number one, by the way, you talk about the whole pray in the closet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, people talk about Sunday school. Yeah. That was to me the probably the most religious moment I've ever had in my life was going down there working. Yeah, because I saw people come Being from the all, all across the country that were just doing what they should have been doing. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. The Lord's work. But this this guy was asking. I said, you know. He was telling me about his brother, lived across the street and had a two-story house and stayed. And I said, well, where is he now? He said, all oh, my desk in an urn. Oh, you know, so nonchalant. Six, this, this at this point was six months after the storm. Oh, so it was crazy. But anyway, we're, we're off in a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, we, I mean, I, I gladly climb in that rabbit hole anytime. Yeah, it's, my wor- it's my world. Yeah. So, that, and I can't. I don't know that we spend enough time. Talking about these very human aspects of our experience. But that's okay. Let's go back to Mississippi for a moment yeah. there and we'll just bring in Katrina. I, I wrote a book called Chainsaws and Casseroles. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not a cookbook, but <laughs> the deal is seriously, for all of our warts and all of our problems, and we saw some of it revealed obviously during the Senate campaign. Yeah. The thing is, Absolutely. if you're in a tornado and something takes off your ha- roof on your house, and before you can get out of the wreckage, there's going to be a church man in your front yard full of people with chainsaws and casseroles. Mm. You know, and we have this knack wow. of, of totally, completely doing the right thing. I guess because we have so much stupid experience. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. Kind of, stupid experience. I, I mean, with natural disasters, you know. I'd say something similar and, uh, about when my grandfather passed and mm-hmm. we were at my grandmother's house and she was sitting and I mean, she was a four foot uh, you know, however many inches woman, and she was sitting at a table and completely dwarfed by all of this cake. And <laughs> folks had been dropping off cake for days. Yeah. And it was, it, it, you know, she was the quintessential sort of cake master in our family for years. Yeah. So she was kind of covering and uncovering the cake. And I just thought, what is it about, you know, like cake and death? Funeral food, man. Yeah, funeral food. And which, again, I think happens everywhere in, in, in every culture. But there's something distinct about it here. I did a book called Fried Chicken and Wine, and that Love is where the title. title came from. It yeah. was from, you know, a guy was coming home. He had been in New York, and he was driving and all these. And was leading up. You don't know what's happening. And he comes in, and he sees fried chicken, and he sees wine because his mother died. And it was like he came home. So, Which also sounds like my birthday dinner, like. Fried chicken and wine. Yeah, it's. I remember it was like. Yeah. Well, it's funny because there was one. It might per- be dinner tonight. There's one person who was quite mad because I had you know broached and used the the whole alcohol thing and said, "You should have named it fried chicken and Welch's." 
I was like, that is funny. No one wants Welch's. With oh, I mean, just thinking like, you know, the little shot glasses of Welch's grape juice. Oh, communion. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of wine. So, ah. Like, there you go. I yeah, which, I, was... which I only take when I'm pregnant at church. Like, Oh, yeah. And, and every other Sunday. Yeah, that's smart. Give me the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall, it's been such a joy talking to you. I Thank have you. one last question for mm-hmm. you. And we're, let's tie in just kind of everything that we've discussed here. Mississippi sure. and culture and work and people and love. Food, liquor, and trauma. That's why I live here. Yeah. yeah. So give me one word. You're you're excellent at sort of uh, summarizing a really complex situation into something palatable. I think that's what you do with your illustrations. So Mississippi, what does it mean to you? What has it meant to you? Just one word. Stories. Stories. That's an awesome way to end an episode of Right on Mississippi. Thank you, Marshall. You're very welcome. 